Well, hello, my friends. Welcome to Hope for Your Heart. This is Pastor Calvin Corbett. So glad that you are joining me on this Wednesday broadcast. Well, today I want to talk to you on the subject of my favorite pattern of praying. Now, there's a lot of different formulas that you can use when you pray, but I have one that has become my favorite. It's my favorite pattern of praying, so I want to share that with you today. And it's coming from God's Word, right? Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 through 8. Now, I believe strongly in the power of prayer because of what it has done for me personally. Now, can I make an honest confession? I am not naturally an outgoing and optimistic person. I'm not by nature really a driven person. By nature, I struggle with these thoughts, right? These really depressing thoughts about myself and and sometimes even other people. And I naturally see the reasons something cannot be done, right? I I see those reasons why you can't do something instead of the reasons for something that can be done, right? And so sometimes I struggle with discouragement and sometimes I even feel inferior. I don't think that my talents are very numerous and I feel that most people are probably smarter than me. And sometimes I have a terrible time uh, with doubting myself. You see, my faith really is not very big. It's probably not quite the size of a mustard seed. I have a little faith in a very big God. Jesus gives instruction of how we should pray. Whenever you pray, Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 and 6. So it's assumed that we will be praying, right? Whenever you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, okay? So Jesus is going to explain to us, this is how the hypocrites pray. Don't be praying like them. They love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by people. In other words, they love the stage. They love the attention, And now, when I think about people that love attention, you know, I'm always leery. Sometimes people come to church, and and the very first Sunday they come, they say, what do I need to do to be on the worship team? Or what do I need to do to lead a group or teach a class? I mean, you just came the first Sunday, and you want to be on the stage? Jesus said, uh, it must not be like the hypocrites, because they love standing in the synagogues. They love standing on the street corners to be seen by people. I assure you, they've got their reward. But then he says, when you pray, go into your private room, shut the door, pray to your father who is in secret, and your father who sees in secret will reward you. When you pray, don't babble like the idolaters, since they imagine they'll be heard for their many words. Now, don't be like them because your Father knows the things that you need before you ask them. And so Jesus gives us some really good hints and some very positive ways in which we should be praying. Righteous prayer is the core and eternal work is done through God. As we pray, He reveals His plan to us. As we pray, He gives us His power. As we pray, He releases His promises to us. And as we pray, he refines us as his people. Now, Jesus tells us not to love standing in synagogues to be seen by people, loving to be on the street corners to be seen by people. We are reminded here that life is transformed 
through the Holy Spirit, being activated through prayer and diligent study of the Scriptures. So this is how I begin most of my days. I get up early, usually between 5 and 6, and I read my daily Scripture from our daily bread. And then I pray. And then I've incorporated this year, 2024, reading through the Bible four times. So it's going to take me about an hour in the morning to do my Bible reading. So I do my Bible reading as I'm listening to the Word of God being read to me. I follow along on my phone. And as I'm doing that, I'm also taking my 10,000 steps walking in the morning. And so by 7 o'clock, I've already um, got my 10,000 steps in. I've already had my scripture reading done. Then my wife and I will pray before she heads out to work. And then on most of these mornings, I've got to get my son up and get him moving, right? Some days I do, some days I don't, but now he's out of school. If he doesn't have anything he has to go to, I wait till his care provider gets there before I take off for the day. And so praying is a key component of my life. And then I head to the office, deal with all the correspondings with people, and then I pray. Oftentimes I'll work on my sermon, and then I pray some more. And then I sometimes head over to the prison, and I pray before I head over to the prison, and I pray the whole time I'm walking around in the prison, right? And then I have lunch with somebody often, and, and then I pray. And I always say, well, you pay, and I'll pray, right? You pay for my meal, and I'll pray for the meal. That sounds like a pretty good deal. So as we look at a life of praying without ceasing, how do we get into this habit? Well, let me share with you my favorite way of praying, taken from Matthew chapter 6. My favorite pattern of praying begins with adoration. Jesus said, Matthew 6, 9, that we should pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Now, Jesus doesn't say, my Father, but he says, our Father. God is the giver of physical life and eternal life. Jesus called them Abba, which means Daddy, because He is holy, and His name is holy. So we begin by adoring Him. Our Father which art in heaven, holy, hallowed, sacred is Your name. And it's amazing when you think about the holiness of God, and you can just allow that to soak into your being that God is a holy God. In the Old Testament, you would cry out, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth will sing of his praises. Sing unto the Lord because he is a holy God. We adore you. We praise you. Second is confession. Now, it amazes me as I get into the glory of God and I acknowledge the fact that he is holy and I am not, as I'm into the presence of a holy God, that that reveals to me just how much of a sinner I am. So Jesus continues on as he goes through the model prayer, and he says, And forgive us of our debts, as we also forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if we forgive other people when they sin against you, your Heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. So forgiveness 
is granted to the offender when he confesses and when he passes it along to someone else. You know, confession is a key component of a powerful prayer life. When I'm giving thanks to the Lord for who he is, it amazes me how oftentimes he will convict me of an error that I need to confess. You know, God is not going to abandon us. As we're in his presence, he is revealing things to us. In 1 Samuel chapter 12, verse 22, it says, The Lord will not abandon his people because of his great name. Now remember, we're beginning our prayer in adoration. The great name of the Lord. Because of the Lord, he has been pleased to make you a people for himself. Salvation is given to us by the Lord. We give thanks to him because of his great name and because of the great salvation that he has given to us. Moreover, as for me, far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord by ceasing to pray for you. But I will instruct you in the good and the right way. Only fear the Lord and serve him in truth with all your heart. For consider what great things he has done for you. Here we see an example. Samuel reminding us of the power of praying and pleasing the Lord. Realizing that as we give thanks to the Lord, as we revere the name of the Lord, and as we serve him, we are going to understand the great things that he has done for us. Now Samuel gives us a hint into his prayer life, and he reminds us that as he's in the presence of God, and he acknowledges the greatness of God, something is brought to his mind. And he says, I don't want to sin against the Lord by ceasing to pray for you. Now, I don't know if you've ever thought this before, but if we don't pray for the people that we love, we are sinning against the Lord. That's what Samuel says. Let's read that again, right? Let this sink in, okay? Moreover, as for me, far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord. How? By ceasing to pray for you. So we pray for one another. Maybe today, one of the things you need to confess is that you haven't prayed enough for the people that you love. You know, the people that I love the most are the people that I pray for the most. I pray for my wife several times throughout the day. She's got a lot of pressure on her right now, and uh, her mom has terminal brain cancer and and is requiring 24-7 care, and so that's weighing heavy on my wife. And so I'm praying that the Lord will give her strength to go through these very difficult days as she's not only caring for her mom, but she's experiencing the heartbreak watching her mom as she goes through this difficult transition uh, from being in the land of the living to soon being in heaven. And if you've ever seen a loved one go through uh, this time where they are slowly but surely dying right before your presence, uh, the person that you know and love has changed. This person who was vibrant and healthy and strong is now dependent upon somebody else. And so I pray throughout the day for my wife, and I pray for my father-in-law who is going through this with his wife and watching her die right before his eyes after almost 57 years of marriage. And then I pray for my children. You know, when you think about the powerful prayers that you can offer for your children, 
God gives us these wonderful children. And the Bible says, blessed is the man whose quiver is full, who has a whole house full of children, and they grow up to be adults. And and you pray for your children, and you pray that they will meet a godly spouse, and you pray that God will protect their paths, and that they will be protected from evil. And that's one of the prayers that we are learning here from the model prayer. Lead us not into temptation. Lead those that I love not into temptation. Deliver them from evil. And as we look at confession, Jesus gives us this astounding teaching on forgiveness. If you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Now, wait a minute. Is Jesus saying, God does not forgive me if I do not forgive other people? Let me read it again to make sure I'm reading it right. All right, here's what it says. For if we forgive other people when they sit against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. We stop the power of God's forgiveness for ourselves when we refuse to forgive someone else. So as we pray, we enter God's presence and we adore Him. So what I'm giving you today in the broadcast is spelling out the word ACTS, A-C-T-S. We begin our prayer by adoring Him. Secondly, we confess our sins. Thirdly, letter T, we pray with thanksgiving. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And then Paul adds a little phrase. Do not quench the Holy Spirit. So as we pray, we're to give thanks for the many blessings that God has given to us. And we are to give thanks because if we don't give thanks, we are quenching the Spirit. Some translations will say that we are grieving the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is saddened when we do not give thanks. Now, the happiest people are never those who have everything. The happiest people are those who give thanks for everything or give thanks in everything. As we give thanks to the Lord, it is opening up the Holy Spirit to work in our hearts and in our lives. I wonder how many times we carry a burden unnecessarily because we stop giving thanks. We have been overwhelmed with the burden that we are carrying and we forget to give thanks. And as a result of forgetting to give thanks, the Holy Spirit is saddened. In other words, we lose the benefit of the Holy Spirit that will dive into our situation because we're not giving thanks. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, all you people. Give thanks unto the Lord, all of the earth. In everything, give thanks. This is God's will in Christ Jesus. Don't forget to constantly be filled with thanksgiving. I mean, after all, isn't one of the first phrases that we teach our children is please and thank you? 
we say to them when somebody gives you something, well, say thank you to your uncle, or thank you to mama, or thank you to papa, thank you to mom, thank you to dad. We teach them to give thanks. We want them to, in everything, give thanks. Well, that's A, adore Christ. C, confess our sins. T, give thanks in all things. Letter S, last but not least, supplication. Matthew 6, 10 and 11, Jesus prays, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Now, it amazes me as I go through this pattern of prayer, my favorite way of praying, that if I spend some time in adoring Christ and I spend some time confessing my sins, and then I spend some time going through and giving thanks to the Lord, by the time I get down to the supplication, my list has really shrunk down in size. It's amazing the things that I no longer concern myself asking God to give me. And Jesus keeps it real simple. Give us today our daily bread. Pray for what you need today. This will help us to focus on really what is important. In James chapter 4, James tells us, you know, we desire to have something, but we don't have it, so we kill to get it, right? We covet, but we cannot get what we want, so we quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. And then we do ask, you don't receive it because you're asking with the wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. So James is driving home a truth that when we need something, ask God for it. But when we're asking for it, don't ask with the wrong motives. Don't ask so that you can just be filled with pleasures, right? I don't think we should ask to be rich. I think we should ask that the Lord take care of our needs. If he so chooses to give us riches, great. Praise the Lord for it. But as we look at the motivation for asking for things, have you ever asked yourself, why am I asking God to answer this prayer request? Is it so that I will have great pleasure? Or will it be so that he will be greatly glorified? Will it be a blessing to me or will it be a blessing to others? In Matthew 6, 6, Jesus says, when you pray, go into your private room, shut the door, pray to your father who is in secret. Now, shutting the door and spending time alone with God should be a practice, and it's a practice that we need. Shutting the door closes out the distracting things in our minds. Shutting distracting doors in the mind so that you can focus on God. It's a discipline that we must embrace. Ultimately, when we shut out the world, we swing wide the entryway, and we welcome the work only that He can do in our lives. So why do we pray in secret? Well, we pray in secret because by shutting that door to the world, it causes us to focus on others and what they need. You know, in Proverbs 29, it says, The fear of men brings a snare, but whoever puts his trust in the Lord shall be safe, right? So shutting the door shifts the focus, and I can focus on Christ, and I can focus on others. Shutting the door also shifts the focus off of me. Look at what the psalmist says. Psalm 25, verses 8 through 11. Good and upright is the Lord. 
Therefore, he instructs sinners in the way. He leads to humble in what is right. And he teaches to humble his way. All the paths of the Lord are steadfast. His steadfast love and faithfulness are given to those who keep his covenant and his testimonies. For your name's sake, O Lord, pardon my guilt, for it is great. You see the psalmist when he's in the presence of the Lord. It's a humbling experience. And he's learning humility. He's learning all of the steadfast love of the Lord for him. He's learning to keep his covenants and his testimonies. And as a result of that, it gives him this opportunity to receive pardon from the Lord. You know, shutting the door shifts God into the right place of priority. You know, oftentimes, Jesus would just abandon the crowd. He would abandon the crowd. He'd go up to the mountain by himself to pray. Sometimes he would do it late at night all by himself. We have example after example of Jesus withdrawing himself to the lonely places and praying. You know, one of those lonely places was on the side of a mountain to pray. And in Luke 6, 12, it says, Jesus spent the entire night praying to God. You know, one of the devotionals I read years ago, and every once in a while I go through it again, is a devotional called My Utmost for His Highest by the late Oswald Chambers. Now, this devotion was actually written by his wife. She went and took the notes of Oswald Chambers and put together this wonderful devotional. But this is what he says. Unless you learn to open the door of your life completely and let God in from your first waking moment of each new day, you will be working on the wrong level throughout the day. But if you will swing the door of your life fully open and pray to your Father who is in the secret place, every public thing in your life will be marked with his lasting imprint of the presence of God. Oh, I want to encourage you, my brothers and sisters in Christ, spend time in prayer. Why don't you take the challenge to spend an equal amount of time in prayer and in Bible study that you spend on social media? You say, well, I spend an hour or so every day on my Facebook page and on my Instagram and on my social media feeds. Well, why don't you spend at least an hour a day praying and in God's Word to match the time that you're spending on social media? You know, one of the reasons I decided this year to read through the Bible four times is I had a 90-day Bible, and it's broken down into the sections of how much you've got to read, and it ends up between 15 and 16 chapters every day you got to read if you're going to read through the Bible in three months. And it takes away about an hour or so to do that. And I said, you know, I would spend easily an hour checking my email, checking my Facebook posts, and scrolling through my social media. If I'm going to spend an hour doing that, why can't I spend at least an hour in God's Word and in prayer? You know, we waste so much time on things that don't really matter. So why not spend some time in God's Word? We're told that we should put down our phones while we're driving and uh, we're just put down our, our phones on silent when we're in a the movie theater or when we're in church or 
and we're told to silence the ringer uh, so that we can eliminate the distractions and face what is in front of us. Well, Jesus did that regarding his Father. And we should do the same thing, too, in prayer. Jesus not only said that our Father sees in secret, but that he is in the secret places. Though God is everywhere, we are more inviting and more aware of his presence in those secret places. It is in quiet prayer that we discover our mind is actually scattered and it's divided. When we go to those secret places, we become aware of his presence and we're able to ask God to eliminate the double-mindedness, ask God to give us an undivided heart and help us to know him, to honor him, to surrender to him above everything else. Spending time with his father was the most important thing that Jesus did when he was here on this earth. So Lord, help us to spend time with you. Spend time in your word, spend time in our secret prayer closet, giving our concerns over to you. And we're going to praise you for this. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, if I can pray for you today, would you shoot me a text at 252-267-2365? If you'd like to hear this broadcast again, you can have a free download at buzzsprout.com backslash 1890557. Or you can listen on Amazon, Spotify, Google Podcast, and Apple Podcast. Hickory Ridge Community Church is located at 3320 Battlefield Boulevard South in Chesapeake, Virginia. Sunday service times are 9 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. We'd love for you to join us. For more information, go to hrcc7.org. And remember, no matter what you're going through, in Jesus Christ there is always hope for your heart.